Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode is Cody Carpenter. I'm absolutely thrilled to have him join me because I'm a huge fan of his soundtracks, his scores, his music. His tour recently that he did with his dad, John Carpenter, for me was one of the best live performances I've ever seen. And his most recent album, Force of Nature, has been one of my most listened to albums of the last 12 months. So I'm absolutely thrilled and it's a dream come true that he's going to be on today's episode. In true typical Mark and Me fashion, I'm going to touch base about the last episode. So hopefully you all tuned in and listened to Matt from Funeral for a Friend. He was a great guest and I was thrilled that he joined me. A lot of people said that they haven't heard from him in a long time. Well, since Funeral for a Friend have broken up, that's not surprising. But his interview was very honest, he let his guard down, he was very sincere and very truthful, and that's all I want from guests. And I thought it was an absolute great interview from start to finish, and the actual response online was phenomenal. So thanks again for everyone that tuned in. So let's get back onto today's episode. As I just said, I'm joined by Cody Carpenter, a guy I have so much respect for and I urge you all to jump onto Spotify after this interview and check out his music. He's as good as anyone out there right now and every single time I listen to his work it expands, I hear different stuff and I'm so excited for the future he has ahead of him. But what I want to do now, I want to get to the interview. This interview, no lie, this is a bit of behind the scenes, has taken 18 months to happen. But as you know by now, I don't give up and I work very hard to get these guests. So to wait 18 months, it seems nothing, as long as at the end you're happy with what you've got. And I couldn't be more thrilled with today's interview. So here it is, here's me and Cody Carpenter talking all things music. So Cody, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. So my first question for you today, Cody, is growing up, what were the sort of albums or pieces of music that you were listening to the most that kind of helped shape your taste in music? Oh, that's a uh, that's a good question because there's, there's so much. Um, you know, when I was very little, both my dad and my mom would play me a lot of music that they like, um, you know, from my dad's, you know, he'd play a lot of the Beatles or the Beach Boys and Rolling Stones, you know, the stuff that he really loved when he was young. And um, my mom would play me, you know, all the stuff that she loves. And, uh, you know, obviously that had a big influence on me. And then as I got a bit older, I got really into kind of uh, the 70s progressive rock groups like Genesis and things like that. Um, those were those were kind of the big influences on me when I was younger. Can you remember one of the first albums that you bought yourself and you listened to it from start to finish and thought, this is what I want to do? Oh, I... Uh, oh, that's a... That's another good question. Uh, I remember uh, one that I bought from start to finish and listened from start to finish uh, was the uh, the Transformers, uh, the movie soundtrack, the animated movie from uh, was it 1986. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Vince DiCola and a huge fan of that soundtrack. When, obviously, you were growing up, you were very young when you first got your first instrument. Can you remember how old you were when you first had an instrument and started thinking, I want to write music or I want to play music live? Um, well, you know, there were always instruments around the house um, because my dad always had stuff. And, uh, you know, we had a, a piano at my mom's as well. Um, so they were just always there. I, I, You know, I just pick up a guitar or something like that. Okay, and obviously music as well, we all know this, is one of the best ways to experience it is live. Can you remember one of the first concerts your mom or your dad took you to where you were like, wow, this is another level? (laughs) 
you know, uh, what I was not, I was not, and uh, I was not a really big fan of going to see music live. Um, I was more kind of the put on music and listen to it intensely, headphones by myself in the room kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do remember seeing uh, John Williams uh, perform at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow, uh, which was very cool. That must have been absolutely amazing because he has so many iconic songs. I'd, I'd be there going, wow, there's Jaws, there's Indiana Jones, there's Star Wars, you know. Yeah, it was fantastic. And obviously with your dad being John Carpenter, was it uh, a young age where you first got to watch some of his films or did he wait until you're old enough knowing that a lot of them are quite, you know, horrors or 18s or 15s? Right, yeah. I, th- I don't think he showed me his movies when I was too young. Um, no. So it was a while before I saw kind of the the more graphic movies that he did. And what what was the first one that he showed you that you know you can remember? Uh, uh, you know I don't remember. Um, I mean I I know my favorite is uh, even still today is uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, amazing! And I suppose it's got that yeah. great element. And again, the soundtrack itself is iconic, so it must be great to kind of be influenced by that. Right? Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I was doing some research and reading a lot about your, you know, you growing up and stuff, and I didn't realise that you actually worked on Vampires and Ghost of Mars, and I, I don't know why, but I always thought that that was a lot later, but it's obviously quite early into your career. Yeah, um, you know, I'm listed on the credits, um, and I, I did do some stuff, but it was really hardly anything. I Honestly, I don't even remember working on Ghost of Mars, and uh, for Vampires, I think maybe I played some keyboard somewhere but honestly i don't really remember so then when you were growing up as a kid and you were going to school and college was it music that you wanted to do i'm sure you know your dad had a big influence and was probably was he was he kind of pushing you to be a musician or were you just left to do what you wanted to do i never really uh chose to do music and i I still haven't i just kind of do it because that's what i do and what i enjoy doing um and no one really ever pushed me to do anything um of course, you know, my parents always encouraged kind of being artistic and things like that. But um, I don't know, I just kind of did it. And I never it was never really a conscious choice uh, and not even a conscious choice now, really. I'm just kind of doing it because because I can and, and it's 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 something I enjoy, you know. So when you were at college, what were you actually studying towards? Some Surely you had a bit of a, a an idea or a guide in your mind that was saying this is what I want to be when I'm older or were you just kind of seeing how it how it went? Um, well, yeah, I was a I was a Japanese language major um, in college, and uh, and after I graduated college, I uh, I moved over there and was working completely unrelated to music. And how did you find the lifestyle and the change over there? Because I've never been there, but it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. But it looks absolutely incredible on every photo I ever see, and it's somewhere I always is high on my bucket list. Oh yeah, definitely, highly recommend it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to live in uh, Tokyo, uh, which is an amazing, amazing city. Um, definitely recommend uh, everyone uh, going over there. <laughs> you were lucky enough to obviously get involved in the Lost Themes, uh, part one and part two. You even produced some of this. Now, was that something that was quite um, quite close to the heart, knowing that your father's work and your own work is kind of combined and you got to produce and work on such a such a well-established collection of songs the lost themes album how that came about was um my dad had just gotten a uh uh a new computer with um 
you know, some uh, new soft synths and uh, anyways, he got a, a, some new gear and we were just kind of, I would just go over to his house and um, we just kind of mess around and record some things, trying out the new instruments. And uh, so then eventually I, I, I was, I went back to Japan and uh, my dad was approached by his, uh, at the time, new uh, music attorney asking him if he had anything he wanted to release. And he said, um, you know, we have all these kind of sketches that I did with, with, uh, with, with my son. And, um, and so at that time he brought in uh, Daniel Davies, who is the third guy um, that we do all the music together with. And they kind of finished it up, wrote a bit more things, and I sent a couple more things from uh, Japan. And that's kind of how the first Lost Themes album came about. And the funny thing is, obviously, I never thought I'd ever get to see you play live, but then you actually got to tour the album in 2015 for a couple of years. What was it like traveling the world playing these songs that you had written with your father? Yeah, that was, uh, that was, and it's been an amazing experience every time. Um, uh, it's, it's amazing just to see all the fans that love my dad and love my dad's music and things like that. And to be able to, to perform the music, it's, uh, it's just, it's awesome. Um, you know, touring itself is, 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 uh, you know, it's a little hard with all the travel and things like that, but, but, uh, it's just, it's amazing to be able to perform it. I was lucky enough to see you on both tours when you came over to the UK, not just for the soundtrack, but obviously the, the lost themes. And it's amazing how well you, your dad, and the fact that you have Dan Davis on tour with you as well, that must be pretty special that you haven't had to get sort of certain, session musicians in and it's the people that wrote it are still there together playing it on stage yeah yeah you know uh, being on tour you know we've been so lucky because everyone we've worked with has been just amazing and and awesome and uh i can imagine for a, a band that maybe uh they're not as close or there are some personality issues or you know something like that it, it can be a miserable experience but We've been so lucky um, that everyone's just amazing, uh, and and uh, it's always been enjoyable to, to work with everybody, you know. Yourself has obviously broke away from that as well, and you've had a lot of um, success in your own albums, and obviously releasing them yourself, you had on Bandcamp itself at one point five albums of your own material. How is it that you went about kind of breaking away and thinking, I know you obviously had your synths and your keyboards and you've been influenced by your dad and the instruments around you in the house, but at what point was it that you thought, I want to compose my own music with my own name attached to it? Um, yeah, so I, I've been doing my own music since I was maybe 13, uh, and uh, most of it is probably pretty bad, <laughs> but... Uh, Around the time, I think around 2014 or so, I got a new I got a new computer. Uh, that seems to be the impetus for, yeah. for all this music. Um, I got a new computer, and uh, I just I thought, yeah, I should probably do some more music. So I uh, I started doing the albums and putting them up on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Those albums are no longer available. I I I remix them and kind of put them together as a compilation kind of thing. When I was initially doing that stuff, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing in terms of mixing and things like that. But anyway, yeah, so I, I've just been writing my own stuff for a long time. Uh, again, just because I enjoy doing it, you know. And then obviously you just discussed about mixing and editing yourself and obviously improving, and it's always a learning curve. I edit my own podcast and I think you can never master it. I always think there's more and more tricks you can learn and different techniques. But 
you went away and then did your first non-Bandcamp album, Into the Dependence, and this was very different, and obviously you produced it yourself and edited it yourself. What was it about this album that you think took you to that next stage or that next level? Was it the fact that you knew more and you'd kind of matured as a person? Yeah, you know, uh, so the that album came about, um, I decided I wanted to get uh, some other musicians involved to play my stuff because in the past for the Bandcamp stuff, I just I did everything myself. So I asked um, Jimmy Haslip, uh, bass player, who I had worked with uh, a number of years before. I asked him if he wanted to play on it, and he did. Um, so from there, uh, we kind of or I kind of assembled a bunch of other musicians. But actually, uh, I didn't mix that album. Um, uh, I got. Uh, uh, John Spiker, who was actually uh, played bass for us uh, with my dad on tour, who was an amazing producer, amazing musician. Yeah, I got him to to mix um, to mix that album, and uh, I was super happy how that one came out. What's it like as a musician who's writing music to kind of then take that stage of letting someone else produce it or to mix it? Because you know. If if you're the artist or like myself, I'd I'd feel weird about handing it over and letting someone else do it. But did it feel like because you knew him and you had so much respect for him that it was in safe hands? I, you know, I know what you mean, um, uh, and, and it, you're exactly right. It, because I knew I I know Spiker and he's I know he does amazing work. I was completely fine with that. I you know, I, I find the mixing process to be um, not my favorite aspect of, of making music, uh, to have someone else help me out with that. Um, and, I, you know, it's always nice to be able to, to ask someone like Spiker, who's just, who's just amazing, you know, just, just uh, someone I, I completely trust to do that, to do it for me, you know. Then obviously you had the video game soundtrack that never was, but Shadow Spirits Volume 1. This, for me, when I listen to it, is quite different, but... How did that come about? Did they approach you, and was it was it kind of a different mindset when writing when you knew it had to be for a game instead of just for your own? Yeah, so that came about. Um, uh, Mark Day, who is the other guy that uh, we did that uh, that did the that did that album. Yeah, um, he. I had done uh, some music for a game he did, and then we decided um, we wanted to just do an album of stuff, uh, a chiptune album. So, um, so I wrote some songs, he wrote some songs and, uh, he arranged it on the SID chip, um, the Commodore 64 chip, uh, which was, uh, very cool. And I, I wasn't super familiar with it because I never, I never had one of those growing up, no. um, but, um, uh, but, uh, so he arranged the songs for, uh, it, it was kind of that chiptune style, which, uh which I thought was very cool. I really like how that one came out. And then what was it that made you change the kind of release name for your Reflections album in 2018? Because you went then under the name of Lundrium, didn't you? Yes, yeah. So I, um, for that album and for my vocal stuff in general, I wanted to use a different name to kind of differentiate it from my instrumental stuff, which is under my personal name. So I chose, uh, I chose to use that different name, Lundrium, um for that album and for me when i've listened to i've listened to all your albums but my favorite is your most recent force of nature this album for me just i i hear more stuff every time i listen do you know what i mean it's got so many different more layers for me so when i listen to it again and again in a car i hear some certain sounds 
when I listen to it in my headphones or if I listen to it on my stereo at home. It's one of those albums that I digest and kind of hear more and it, it kind of, it has a bigger effect on me the more I listen. Is that something you went about or is it just, do you think again as you're maturing, getting different musicians involved, it's it's becoming a different concept? No, that, there are definitely a lot of layers to that album. Uh, I think um, just because of the nature of that kind of music, sometimes you know you may not you may not get everything on the first listen but uh, i think with with that style of music the more you listen to it the more you kind of you uh you hear things and maybe you didn't hear before and that kind of uh I, that's kind of why i like that style of music because it, it kind of the more you listen to it um the more you get out of it um which um i think it's just a really a really cool thing the thing is as well with music now, because of Spotify and streaming and no one's buying records anymore, it's very disposable. You know, someone can tell you about an album, you can download it, you listen to it on the way to work and then you delete it. But it's nice to it's nice to invest that time in an album and kind of let it become part of you and let it really grow on you. And I wish more people did this. Yeah, I know what you mean. I totally agree. And no one's doing it. Everyone's too disposable. People just want to get music, move on to the next one. And I understand that, but... I miss the days of buying a CD in a shop and reading through the lyrics or, you know, spending good money and listening to it from start to finish and really digesting an album. And I think it's a shame that people aren't doing it. And it's nice that vinyl's coming back because it means that people are doing that. But it's just no one seems to want to invest enough time in what's being given to them anymore. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know what you mean. It's um, there, there are definitely some things out there that kind of go against the grain but for the, for the most part I totally agree with you there's it's um the the attention span I think has gotten a bit shorter uh myself included to be honest it's just time isn't it there's not enough time in the day so that's why and it's it's an um, it's right. an understandable thing now with with your own work stuff like force of nature have you thought of kind of doing what you did with your father and going out on tour and taking those musicians and trying to translate this to on stage and perform it around the world oh man I, i'd love to do that i would love to play that stuff live um uh and i and i haven't given up on doing that either um you know because of the nature of the music and um uh it just i think it would be just a money issue you know um yeah. but uh, i haven't given up and i'm and i'm still hoping to try to make that happen and do you believe that with, you know, um, listening to certain scores from your father and then seeing them live on your tour, it really worked well? It wasn't like something was missing and it, it really kind of transferred to stage well. Do you think you could do the same with your own music or do you think there would be elements that would be lost in that kind of transformation? Um, you know, the, the the great thing about playing my dad's stuff is, you know, we have the, obviously we have the movies playing in the background. Yeah. Um, and so people people can really, it, it brings them back to when they, maybe when they first saw the movie or first heard the music, um, you can kind of get a real heavy nostalgia dose um, in addition to just enjoying the moment of the music. Um, you know, obviously with my stuff, there is no there is no visual uh, uh, to go with it. So, um, I mean, I could make something, but it's not something that someone, that the audience would already know. So it's, it's kind of a different, kind of a different thing, um, which I, I, you know, like I said, I still love to to make happen, but uh, but uh, at the moment, I have no plans to do that. 
You're obviously a very busy man, and to have an album out in 2018, 2017, a new album now, what's the plan? Do you just find yourself always writing? Are you literally getting up most days and having fresh new ideas, or has there been times when you've had a bit of a writing block and had six months where you just don't feel like playing an instrument? Oh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm generally writing stuff all the time. Um, uh, so sometimes I'll just go a while without writing anything, but um, I don't know, it just... I try to write something at least every day. Just try to write a little bit of something. Um, I don't know. I haven't really had a, a writer's block yet, but at the same time, I haven't really had um, haven't really had to write something that would that I haven't been writing all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, uh, it's I haven't I haven't been tasked with writing something that has been completely out of my uh, field. Uh, which I think would totally give me writer's block. <laughs> At the end of last year, I was lucky enough to see you in Manchester on your tour. It was great to see the band. It was great to see the visuals, like you said, for your dad's films. And obviously for me and most of the people in there, it does take you down that nostalgia lane. You see all the visuals from They Live and Halloween and The Thing and stuff. At what point was it that you thought you wanted to get involved with your dad and become this live musician in part of his own band performing these absolute classics yeah um if i recall correctly so we had just finished up either the the it must have been the first lost themes album or the second one i I can't remember now but um and daniel uh he he kind of said you know what do you what do you guys think about playing this stuff live um and i i never thought about it i don't think my dad had ever thought about it um but you know Daniel, he's he's done uh, a lot of uh, live performances, a lot of tours with his uh, previous bands. Um, so he's you know he's he's um, he's been doing that for a long time. So he you know he recommended that maybe we should look into doing this, and um, and uh, and it turned out that I guess there was quite a bit of demand, um, which I don't think my dad realized. You know, uh, I was just happy to be along for the ride, really. So at what point was it that they involved you? Did you, did you just say, I want to get involved? Or were you asked by Dan or your father? Because there's one thing talking about it, but the next thing is obviously rehearsing and getting tied to making sure you do justice to those songs that were written. Right, yeah. I um, I think they just um, they assumed it would be easiest to, to have me there because, you know, I, because uh, I'm... Uh, because uh, I'm my dad's son and I and I know how to play the keyboard, so it was. It was I guess it was just kind of a. Uh, uh, it was the the path of least resistance, I guess. <laughs> be much harder to get a different keyboard player. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> and what was it like? Obviously, I, I was there. And most nights were sold out. You had a room full of people, and they were just mesmerized. It wasn't a gig where everyone's kind of jumping around. Everyone is just kind of focused on the stage. All of you were performing. You were so tight. The sound was so crisp every night. What was it like looking out and hearing all these people and seeing all these crowds falling in love again with these iconic soundtracks? Well, first of all, thank you for the thank you for the praise. Um, I, I I love it. I love I love um, seeing the the audience reaction, uh, and I love hearing people say how much they enjoyed the show. It's uh, you know that's that's the whole reason to do it. You know, is 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 to make the audience happy, to make the fans happy. Um, I'm just happy to be a part of that. You know. And is it something you'd like to do more of, or are you kind of 
obviously your dad's getting older is it something he still wants to do because obviously touring takes it out of people it's a long lot of travel or is it something you kind of feel like it's done now and you've done your part yeah i mean personally i i would of course i'd be i'd be more than happy to do it again you yeah. know uh it's um and like you said the travel is is hard and um not even not not even just for my dad who is is uh is 71 now but wow. actually for me as well yeah. i feel like i'm 71 when i'm out on the road yeah uh, which is terrible but uh um but you know i i i do enjoy it i i of course i wouldn't I wouldn't say no if they if they asked me to do it um, again. Um, so yeah, I mean it's uh, there are there are always positives and negatives to everything. Um, but uh, I, I would I would definitely not say no. You know if uh, if it sounded like a good situation to do it again. I know you're very early into your own career musically. You're still writing all the time. You said nearly daily. But looking back at the moment, what's your proudest release? What's the album that you listen to or you're most proud of mm, that's a good question I, um probably the most recent one i um either force of nature or the vocal album reflections i'm 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 probably most happy how those came out um but i, I still think the best is uh, yet to come <laughs> and is that is that something like obviously having two albums in two years is it the plan that you want to try and get another release this year or are you going to wait and do 2020 oh i have i have a couple of uh at, at least three projects in the works now um uh and i'm at hopefully be able to release something soon i i just um i have a lot of stuff uh i have a lot of stuff that's already written that just needs to get made um I, there'll definitely be let's just put it this way there'll definitely be more releases from me personally uh this year and like we did with your father with lost themes is there a lot of music that doesn't make the final cut that you think one day could be part of a compilation of like the stuff that didn't make the album or is that for you something that just gets dismissed and it's gone? There's been a couple stuff that has been cut um but I what I generally do with those is I'll re I'll re uh rewrite them or kind of turn them into something else. Yeah. Uh, I try to use everything, you know, that that I that I've done. Um, for like moving forward, obviously you said you've got three projects in the line. You've got all these albums coming out. You're still young. What is it you want to achieve now? Because are you looking to try and tour your own music? Like we said, would be a dream. Are you looking to just keep releasing music as much as you can and just keep people um, focused on listening to your music? Or what is it you want to try to do with music? Because at one point in the interview today, you said you never even set out to be a musician. So it's just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I just, I really just want to make people happy, you know, uh, if, if I can do music that people enjoy, then I've, then I've done, I've done what I set out to do. Um, I also know that, uh, I want to do as much as I can while I can, um, yeah. because, you know, I have, I have the time now and I have, uh, you know the means to do stuff so i want to do i want to write as much music as i can while i'm feeling it um um you know i'd love to perform uh my stuff live but you know for money reasons for other reasons it's not it's not as easy but right now i know i i have i have the ability to do music to, to write music anyway so that's basically what i'm doing uh at the moment 
um, there may be there may be a time in the future when you know I'll have other obligations when I can't I just won't be able to um, and I so I really just want to do what I can while I can really and with the way the music industry is going you know like I said earlier people aren't buying as much music anymore people stream does it become harder for you or do you just love the fact that you can record an album and release it within a few days now you don't need to worry about pressing it and get it produced and produce artwork you can literally record and get it out there for the people as soon as possible yeah you know it's it's that's an awesome thing i it's um it's amazing just to be you know to be able to make something and then just give it to everyone you know within you know uh, within a day after it's made it's it's kind of amazing to be able to do that um at the same time, you know, um, there's there's always a money issue, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially with with the albums when I when I get all these other musicians to play, um, I, I I'm I'm able to do it now, um, which is which is awesome. But you know, one day I probably won't be able to do it, um, which is is again why I'm my mindset is basically I'm just going to do as much as I can while I can, you know what I mean? And have you thought about any other kind of avenues? Have you obviously been the son of one of the most famous filmmakers in the world? Have you ever been kind of warm to the idea of directing or producing films? Or is that something you just kind of want to leave and just focus on the music? Yeah, you know, I've never really uh, had a desire to get involved in, uh, in film in any other way other than music. I, I'm not sure why. I never, um, uh, I never, I never desired to kind of get into acting or directing or, or, uh, writing or, or anything really. It really just kind of music was the, the thing that I, I guess I enjoyed the most, you know, as a little kid. Um, so that kind of was really all I ever focused on. And I suppose we talked today about albums that your parents played to you when you were growing up, but what was the scores that you were listening to? Because there's a big difference between a band releasing an album and an artist. And I know you said you were lucky enough to go and see John Williams live, etc. But what were the, what was the sort of scores that you listened to where you actually thought, oh, okay, there's no vocals on this and it's more about the music. What were the sort of scores that really caught your attention? Yeah, so definitely... Um the uh the score to the original suspiria oh wow uh, yeah yeah that that uh that theme uh it's just i i it's amazing that soundtrack is amazing um things like the argento movies um I, like i mentioned before i'm a huge vince DiCola fan yeah um i love his stuff uh you know when i was a little kid like probably every other kid ever uh i was a big star wars fan uh, so I love the John Williams stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Um, basically, yeah, and, and of course, um, the, my dad's my dad's movies. I, I loved all the music from you know Escape from New York, uh, Big Drum, Little China, everything. You know, I love all that stuff too. And is that something you could see yourself doing? Because obviously, your music will work very well with a lot of films. Forgetting your dad's films, but if another director came to you, would you like to score some films? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love to work with my dad. That's um Yeah. So I'm 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 kind of I'm supporting him with whatever he's doing. Uh you know, that's kind of what uh what I I've, I've been doing recently. Um if someone 
came to me to do a uh, the music for a film. I, I um, I'm not sure. I think it would depend on on the kind of film that it was. Um, uh, I mean, I, I I'm there. I'm I'm not super. Um, I'm, I'm I'm limited in, in the kind of music that I can do. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, it would it would have to be a good fit, you know. That's I think that's the um, that's the that's the thing. I, I couldn't um, I couldn't just do any any kind of movie, you know what I mean? I, it's kind of limited as to what I could do. And maybe you're not allowed to talk about this, but do you plan to do more Lost Themes albums with your dad and write some more music together, or are you kind of happy with what you've released and that's enough? Um. Well. What I can say is, you know, now that I'm 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 here in L.A., um, I uh, I have been, you know, going over to my dad's and we're we're uh, we're messing around with some stuff. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with any of it, uh, or if anything's going to happen with anything. Um, but um, but I'm definitely uh, definitely hoping to to do more stuff with my dad. I go over there and we'll we'll play some video games, we'll play some music, and watch some watch some basketball and. Uh, you know, if if anything is any good, I don't know. Are we going to do anything? I don't know. But uh, we're, we're basically just having fun. <laughs> I can't imagine you and John sitting there playing games. I just can't picture it in my head. Oh, my dad's a big, big gamer. Um, recently, he's he he just got the new uh, Far Cry game. I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not uh, super familiar with the series, but he loves it. Uh, he loves uh, he loves that series too. Brilliant. And my final question today is, and I ask this to everyone that comes on the podcast, what advice do you give to people that are starting to write music for themselves or hearing soundtracks and trying to replicate them or learn an instrument in an industry that's very hard to make a name for yourself? Mm, um, I would just say, you know, just hone hone your hone your skill, hone your craft, try to just get better at whatever you're doing. Um, uh, and just do something every day, you know, keep, keep working at it. Even if, uh, if, uh, if nothing is, is successful, just, uh, just keep at it, you know, um, and, and enjoy it. You know, if, if you're not enjoying it, then, uh, it makes it far more difficult, um, uh, to, to continue, you know, and where's the best place for the listeners right now that want to check out your music? Do you advise them to go on Spotify and Bandcamp, or, or is it just mostly Spotify now that has all the the, the older music on? Um, if uh, actually, I mean, if you if you just put my name in Google, um, you know, I'll have I have my website up. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't like Spotify obviously because the artist doesn't get much. Um, yeah. But uh, my my stuff is available pretty much everywhere. Um, and you'll you'll you can see on my website I have the little discography of all the stuff that I've done. So um, if anything looks interesting, please uh, just check it out. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today, Cody. I know it's been a long time coming, and we've had to try and get things to fall in place. And I think I think it's been about eighteen months now. We've been kind of since the first message, but I just want you to uh, know how much I appreciate your time and coming on the podcast. Oh well, th- thank you so much. So there it is. What a great guest. Really, really honest, which I love. Telling me loads of stuff about his career, him growing up, 
his times with John Carpenter, his dad, I mean, well, that's awesome. His dad is an absolute legend. But, you know, it's awesome to hear how grounded they are. And they do normal stuff, which is great. And a great guest that I couldn't be more proud of to have on the Mark and Me podcast. I want to thank him for coming on the show. And as I said at the start of today's episode, I urge you all to go on to Spotify or whatever way you listen to music and invest because... The music he's putting out there at the moment is some of the best, and I'm not just saying that because he's been on the show. Force of Nature is an incredible piece of work. As always, guys, if you can go on to markandme.com, on there there's my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, my emails, and there's nothing better than getting an email from you guys out there, especially the listeners that take the time to review or say what they enjoyed about the episode, and I make sure I read and respond to every single message that I get. Also, there is a Patreon page. I'm getting more and more people signing up, which means I get more and more prizes to give out there. There's some amazing Funko stuff. There's T-shirts. There's a signed Tom Hanks book. There's a signed John Carpenter vinyl. All the great stuff that I can get goes straight into the Patreon, and I don't make any money from the stuff you give. All the money that goes into this podcast gets reinvested into going out there, doing more and more content... There's some secret stuff happening behind the scenes at the moment which needs a lot of funding and when that comes to actually hopefully get out there I'm going to need more and more support because I'm, t- I'm I'm honestly aiming for the moon right now and doing as much as I can to hit that so all the support's greatly appreciated. I will be back in a week's time. I've had a couple of weeks off because I've been a bit unwell. I've been to Download Festival. It's been absolutely manic but I'm back now and there will be an episode in a week's time and I can't wait to share it. As I said again, please check out Cody Carpenter's music. Stay safe and I'll speak to you all in a week's time.